Hello listeners, welcome to Politiplay, a brand new podcast on all major political aspects going on around the world and all political events which will be thoroughly mapped by a 16-year-old science student. Yes, the major inspiration behind setting up Politiplay was mainly due to the fact that me being a science student also had an interest in political science and international diplomacy for that matter. And given this peculiar interest of mine, I must say that this somehow pushed me to utilize this time in quarantine and make this own podcast. So yeah, now you all know why I created this podcast. So let's not waste any time. And given the fact that you had an introduction, let's start off with the first episode. I will be talking about bioweapons. It's a very mundane topic and given the current scenario about this COVID-19, any nobody would like to listen about what a bioweapon is at this point of time. Might even spread stigma, you know. But still, given the fact that I'm kind of ready on this topic, maybe you should have a good start on it. So, what is a bioweapon? A bioweapon is basically any attenuated microbe or any a germ cell which is capable of spreading into a large population at a quicker rate and killing people at a very very faster rate. I'll not go into the history as such because we have quite well seen what the history is all about and we have very well noticed about what would have would happen what happened in history and given the great wars world war 2 cold war up to an extent and so on so let's talk about its implications in the 21st century why are we discussing bioweapons in the 21st century the idea is very simple yet precarious i must say bioweapons in their own are the most dangerous and serious threat since the nuclear weapons now you might argue with me saying dude nuclear weapons are very very harmful you drop one nuke on a population center and it kills millions but what you my viewers or my listeners for that matter must realize is that when you drop a nuke on a particular area it spreads only in that area meaning it does not spread over the blast radius which they call meaning if suppose i drop a nuke on hyderabad touchwood i don't so it will be around hyderabad's radius itself it won't spread out of hyderabad's radius neither will it neither will it spread beyond it but the aftershocks will be felt in this particular area this is not the case with a bioweapon a bioweapon if infected in a large population and the population of the 21st century i must say being a really really well connected population there are very high chances of our, our own species spreading this weapon unknowingly amongst ourselves and tomorrow by the time it's too late it will be almost 10 to 100 times uh, from a nuclear catastrophe so what we must understand from here is that the implications of using a bioweapon is actually really 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 dif- different from the implications of a nuclear weapon but somehow given the fact that the world is concentrating a lot on nuclear weapons and there are a lot of treaties and conventions and discussions and summits and what not on nuclear weapons this small aspect leaves leaves a major loophole in the very functioning of the world how i will tell you in 2001 after 
there was a series of anthrax letters which went around in the united states although the responsibility has been cla- claimed by no one and if so claimed is disputed so what we have observed from here is the very fact that anthrax was spreading so fast that although the letters were only a handful it almost affected almost 30 to 40 people just imagine only 4 to 5 letters can can infect 30 to 40 people imagine an entire entire barrel load of anthrax and that was spreading into a population center it's out of my imagination if you can you're really good so what do we have against these weapons nothing yes as far as it sounds nothing we cannot do anything against these weapons we can uh, we can neither induce immunity for that matter let me clear the fact inducing immunity is different than gaining immunity the vaccines which you get the flu shots which you get and what not which you get is actually the pre-existing one which has been attenuated for the body to learn meaning you're giving a sample to the body you're telling it hey see this scan it dissect it eat it do whatever you want but learn it and then if you're attacked by this use the method which you prescribed against the sample and that's how the body does but what if you're exposed to a very new kind of microbe which spreads very fast and the body has never seen that is a very very dangerous thing to think about i'll give an example not implicating the fact that covid-19 is a bioweapon but covid-19 has the very same effects of what a bioweapon will have on our body just look at it a brand new virus body hasn't experienced it never before and there are no drugs against it it's spreading randomly at a very higher rate all the ideal features a bioweapon must possess how natural how instinctive can we imagine what a bioweapon would be to protect ourselves from this bioweapon we have the 1972 bioweapon convention and the 1925 geneva protocol 1872 brussels protocol and what not but the very fact here lies in the preparation of any bioweapon we must realize my dear viewers that unlike a nuclear weapon which can be physically differentiated and te- tested a bioweapon does cannot and does not be seen a bioweapons manufacturing is almost similar to with the same apparatus or with the inclusion of the same apparatus with what you find in a major high school school lab the very very pipette the burette the the ppcr machine and what not all of them are found in major bioweapon preparatory laboratories all around the world and because of the ubiquitousness of these equipments it's very difficult to actually make sure if a lab is actually preparing one or not secondly the very nature of the bioweapon depends on what it is made of you know these days given the 1972 protocol which bans any offensive use of bio- biological weapons but at the same time promotes a defensive use of it which in itself is a flaw just imagine even for a defensive purpose or for an offensive purpose you need to have a grab hands on a viral pathogen and given that the same viral pathogen will be used to treat both the offensive and defensive alike just imagine what would happen if the lab hypothetically 
procures it for defensive purposes but secretly uses it for its own offensive offensive techniques it is it is too hard to imagine what would happen if there are many labs like these all around the world so there is a regulatory regulatory loophole there we cannot regulate any procurement as such now you if you are a really good researcher you might argue with me saying we have the australia group but the australia group only prohibits dual use biological and chemical weapons or weapon material for that matter but given the rise in technology in this 21st century the the rate of dual use weapons and machinery and the equipment is increasing day by day come on we didn't even imagine 20 years ago that i'll be making a podcast from home just by sitting and talking to you right now it's happening just imagine the rate of level of innovation in that particular field and under clause 3 and clause 4 of the 1972 biological weapons convention saying that states must do or or must build confidence building measures that in itself is a major flaw just imagine would north korea ever do that north korea the most secretive country in the world which does not didn't even reveal its own nuclear weapon program until 2010 would ever do that even though it's a signature of bwc or the biological weapons convention since 1990 would israel do that even though it has signed bwc but has not ratified it israel keeps its own uh, nuclear ambiguity just to make sure that there is balance in the middle east would israel ever do that would north korea ever do that i don't think they would it depends solely on the country that's the problem it's not legally binding now you might ask me what legally binding is basically the difference is legally binding is obligatory meaning a country has to do it given the fact that it has signed the treaty whereas non non legally binding or legally not binding is is basically voluntary it depends on the country itself so given the fact that the nature of the very law changes if it is legally binding or legally not binding there are particular implications for the same i'll give an example suppose we have the ctbt and the ptbt which is comprehensive test ban treaty and partial test ban treaty these two treaties are legally binding that is if a country signs it and ratifies it it cannot do it the very fact that usa and russia have done it is a very is amounts to what they are what the very implications are there are no nuclear tests right now going around anywhere in the world not even by these two superpowers why it is legally binding they can be sued in an international level court and they're trying to avoid it but if you ask me if the uncloos or the united nations convention for the law of the sea is legally binding it is not it is voluntary and this is a loophole which china uses to control the south china sea which we will discuss in the next episode right now given the fact that we know what the difference is we know that bwc is not legally binding that is a major loophole another discriminatory loophole which i would like to bring out is that there are no particular checks by the so called implementation support unit or or whatever they call it under the bwc there is no particular transparency from the country when it comes to the scale because just imagine you can actually move it from one place to another if an implementation support implementation support unit goes to a particular lab it will be notified and it can be moved the biological weapon can be moved from one lab to another to another to give a false impression which in itself is a flaw what can we do about this as international organizations 
there's little which we can do about this the very idea of a biological weapon must be erased from the minds of the human beings on earth but given our technological advancement and national security implications there is no other chance but to keep on thinking about them so what can we do to prevent this the first thing which we can do is actually looking at the built of a lab it's very simple the difference between a vaccine and a bioweapon is actually on close to the is openly is an open truth to protect a vaccine from being contaminated and to protect a bioweapon from contaminating are two different terms of their own sense to to use a vaccine you have to make sure it is it is not contaminated meaning the building has to be highly protected but it does not need things like ventilators or negative pressure units and so on and so forth whereas you need to control a bioweapon from contaminating the environment which in itself will need a huge load of build up and infrastructure and negative pressure units positive pressure units and what not but there is one more quandary which we can use to fight this apart from the build up keeping a bioweapon under your under your foot and just showing it to the world does not help it you need, you have to be able to deliver it that to on longer ranges if you have to sh- take the fight to the enemy then you have to be able to deliver it to control nuclear weapons and their missile missile capabilities there are many such treaties in place like the missile technology control re- regime the hague code of conduct and the and the jcpoa which was active until 2018 these these laws have been able to curb the very proliferation of ballistic missiles and thus we can see very well all around the world that nuclear weapon proliferation or the delivery system proliferation is pretty less compared to technology itself whereas for a bioweapon you cannot put a bioweapon in a bomb and blast it on some on some city how of the microbes or the very effectiveness of the bioweapon fails on that spot so on So the basic way you get a bioweapon to spread is through an aerosol. Think it like this. Suppose you are near a person who is sneezing and the next day you get a cold. Touch wood you don't but still. How do you think that happened? The very fact that while he was sneezing or she was sneezing, the droplets from that person fell on you. How? Through this matter called aerosol. which is a mixture of liquid droplets in a gaseous vapor state which helps in propagation at higher distances with a longer reach but to make an aerosol you need specialized equipment and at the same time aerosol building is not required by any laboratory whatsoever which is working on any defensive protocol so you can actually see if the laboratory contains any aerosol required required products or aerosol building products or equipment and accordingly if it does it can be scrutinized and questioned upon for the same because aerosol is one of the major 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 delivery systems for any bioweapon whatsoever that's why that's like who first released a statement saying everybody to be away from anyone who is sneezing because of spread of droplets which is nothing but an aerosol thirdly and finally as nation states we can actually set up reduction treaties with each other like the same way america and russia set up the start treaty or the new start treaty the non lagarde declaration 
on the same lines not necessarily them you can set up mutual build, mutually building uh, confidence building measures you can have mutual treaties countries can do that to reduce these bioweapon stockpiles and at the same time if there is any defensive bioweapon research going on you can actually allow the un or who to check on it because as we know biosafety level laboratories are checked upon by who but in usa and russia periodically us and russia allow their own teams to go to each other's laboratories and have a check on them given this there is no proliferation of any offensive biological research as such between them as what that's what the public domain says but yeah this is one of the major solution for this and if you ask me that sathvik if a bioweapon comes out of nowhere and starts spreading can we stop it no unfortunately not we don't have the technology neither do we know enough biotechnology to stop it but the least we can do is be prepared because we know how it is going to come or where it is going to come i'm not sure but we know how it is going to come so we can be prepared for that we can take long term precautions we can actually make sure that we are safe by using masks and all that but now i think the world will know about bioweapons more than usual because of this pandemic the very dynamics of the world will change you will might see people wearing masks on on a regular basis you might see people having air purifiers you might see people maintaining social distance in daily life you might see people not sneezing or coughing in public you might see old people also have do follow social distancing maybe because the world dynamics are changing and given the fact that after this pandemic we all know the world won't be the same and i hope in this different world this awareness of a bioweapon spreads and people take precautions as usual in their day to day lives signing off satvik keep watching or keep listening politically